They knocked the ball away, Robert Mathis, and he fumbles, and Mathis recovers it. He knocked it free, gets the sack, and the fumble recovery. Let's go. And I want all three of y'all to tell me they will not run this ball today. We need that end zone. Robert Mathis, one of the most feared pass rushers in Indianapolis Colts history. Football, not his only passion. Sang in the choir with his mom as a young boy at Holy Temple Baptist Church in South Atlanta, where he is still treated as a hero. He was the youngest of six children and was raised by his mother. In Super Bowl 41, he was part of an effort that earned a Lombardi trophy for the Indianapolis Colts. Please welcome home one of our very own Super Bowl champion, Robert Mathis. The incredible story of Colts great Robert Mathis, the kid from Atlanta who's conquered every challenge he's met, from getting drafted out of a Division II school, playing in the NFL for 14 years, and winning a Super Bowl and how he's giving back to Indianapolis young people now. He's my guest on this episode of the Business and Beyond podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Robert Mathis grew up on the south side of Atlanta, the youngest of single mom Emma Mathis's six kids. He was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts in 2003 and became a standout on the Colts defensive line for 14 years. A five-time Pro Bowler and the NFL leader in forced fumbles and strip sacks, now retired and applying what he learned growing up in Atlanta to help young people in Indianapolis. And I am pleased to welcome former Indianapolis Colts All-Pro Robert Mathis to the podcast. Uh, Robert, how are you? I'm great. How about yourself? Really good. Really good. Hey, certainly want to talk about your career, five-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, your path to get there, and a lot more. But uh, first, want to catch up with what you're doing now because you've got a number of really important projects in the works here. A big one is the Gridiron Foundation and the Gridiron Gang just announced, I think, recently a partnership with Indianapolis Public Schools. Talk about uh, the Gridiron Foundation and what it's all about. Well, there's something that we came up with uh, around 2018, 2019. And that's really, bottom line is to give chances to those that ordinarily wouldn't have it. And uh, and it's really three key components. And uh, we want to instill uh, social media training, dining etiquette, and also financial literacy. These are three three things that uh, my partner, Dan Muir, and myself, when we were young players in the NFL, we kind of got a late start on it. And these are things that we should have known in high school, if not earlier. So we just came up with, if we can get to these, if the, to the youth at an early at an early state or early age, they'll be that much better and set up for success later on in whatever career path they, they decided to take. Yeah. Talk about specifically this partnership, the Gridiron Gang, uh, with Indianapolis Public Schools, because it's uh, you got a lot of things going on there. What's uh, what's that all about? What what are the kinds of things that young people are going to get out of this uh, Gridiron Gang uh, partnership? Well, we use a football as the vehicle to just get them exposed to many different aspects of life, and we want to use it. They don't know that it's it's all about networking. 
creating friendships. Right now, it's forming friendships with other student athletes in other schools. Until the, and when they get older, it's going to turn into networks. And we always say you don't have to be a professional athlete to be successful in life. It's whatever you choose to do. You just got to pick whatever path, pick whatever dream that you want to have and just chase after it. And uh, addition by subtraction and all the positive things and, and uh, minus all the negative things, distractions and peer pressure, negative peer pressure, things like that. We're just teaching them at an early age just to go after whatever they dream of. Yeah. I, I read where, you, you know, you looked at this partnership with IPS, kind of thinking back to your your youth, you you growing up in Atlanta, went to Atlanta public schools, and there are kind of some, you know, you're really passionate about it because it kind of takes you back to your childhood. Absolutely. Growing up, I was a, I was in a, a Atlanta Falcons, a big, a huge Atlanta Falcons fan. But the catch was I was on the south side of the city, and they were way on the north side. Uh-huh. And I can't remember a time of any that any Atlanta Falcon player came to the south side to speak or show face or things like that. And I know it would have went a long way with us. And so I just want the uh, Indianapolis public school system to know the children inside of I-465, hey, we don't just talk about it. You know, I'm, I'm going to pull up. You're going to see my face, shake my hand. I'm going to talk a little trash to you. But, the <laughs> most, but, but for the most importantly, I'm going to motivate you to chase your dreams. Yeah. And just to let them know that it can be done. So we didn't forget about it. What What was great? Talk about uh, growing up in Atlanta. What was uh what was uh, Robert Mathis's childhood like growing up in Atlanta? Well, very humble, very very humble beginnings. Through the, my three sisters, they were uh, they lived in projects, so that lets you know I was in I was in and around the projects a lot. I grew up on the southeast side. My mom, we went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Uh, I was in the choir, and uh, after that, you would go try to avoid. <laughs> negative peer pressure. I had a lot of friends yeah. that did that they don't they didn't need to be doing at the time. But my mom, I'm thankful that she, you know, she tried to protect us as much as possible. So it wasn't a horrible childhood, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a silver spoon type yeah. of childhood. Yeah. Well, so it was that I learned and I, I appreciate my upbringing and uh I carry a lot of those values and, and uh, lessons with me today. He, yeah, and I've read that that you especially think back to the role that your mom played because she was both a mom, a mom and a dad, right? Yeah, she was she was a great mom, great mom. She did everything in her power to do what she needed to do. She worked, she used to clean houses and she used to just work from five AM to sometimes seven PM wow. to just make just to, to make the ends meet. So yeah, I watched that and she was a great a, a great motivating force for me. Uh, growing up and so that part laid into me trying to body slam in and every quarterback i could see <laughs> i love it well when, when did you think i mean uh, obviously you love sports and you played sports was there a, a time when you thought hey man I, I'm, I might have a chance to to do something big you know to go into college and that kind of to kind of click at a certain time well i always said since i was the age since the age of four that i was going to be an nfl guy but it was you know, easier said than done, right? Right. But as far as college, the only way I would even go to college was to get a full scholarship. So I worked really hard in high school to try to get a to get my to get school paid for. And from that point, it was just I'm just playing football just to get an education and make mom proud. So it was kind of that. And then fast forward to my senior year, say, oh, we we, we might have something here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So I just kind of just went as hard as I can, as long as I can. And then I got the opportunity with the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, once I got actually into training camp with OTAs, I said, oh, well, maybe I can do this because you. I was always taught these guys are bigger, faster, stronger, coming from the big colleges. And yeah, uh, because you come from inner city, you, you too this and you too that, you can't be successful. So it was really when I got my, my, my feet inside of Indianapolis, <laughs> that's when it really, the, the light went off. for me. You went to Alabama A&M uh, at HBCU. Uh, t- tell me about college and, and playing there. You, you obviously got, got the attention. HBCUs typically, you know, don't get that attention that the, the big 10 and the SEC and those, those conferences do. Uh, how did you get, get attention on Robert Mathis down there? We always say in a, uh, Small school ranks, uh, HBCU, D3, D2, uh, you got to work twice as hard to get half as far. And so that kind of leads to a kind of a junkyard dog mentality. Just we got to outwork you. So naturally, that's what I that's those are the things I can't control. I can, I can control my work ethic. So I'm going to make sure I outwork everybody around me and I'm not going to try to control the uncontrollables. And that's whether I got a shot or not. It was just. If the shot, if, if, if the opportunity came, I, I was going to be ready. But my time at Alabama and was awesome. Uh, actually, they was they were the only school that, that gave me an offer, scholarship offer. Really? Wow. It, it just so happened, ni- the 1999 uh, season uh, recruiting, the, the player that they wanted to declined them on, on signing day. So they actually had one left. And they decided to take a chance on me. And they, it, the choice was easy for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you remember about when you got drafted and getting the call from the Colts that they had drafted you? Do you remember anything in particular about that moment? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very funny story. So I had taken a few trips around the, to a few teams around the NFL prior to the draft. Jacksonville, Detroit, Indianapolis was one of them. It was a, a couple others, but during the draft, they were calling me. So we, they tell you to make sure your lines is clear. Nobody's calling because, you know, expect a call. So, and they gave me like a third round grade. So not mind you, my antenna is up. I'm ready. I got the family over where is it's going. We got it going. And so third round comes, I'm, I'm starting to get calls. Dallas Cowboys, the San Diego Chargers, Jacksonville Jaguars, Detroit, they say, we're going to take you with our next pick. With the next pick in the 2003 draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars take somebody else, not Robert. Oh, <laughs> um, with the next pick, uh, the Dallas Cowboys take somebody else, not Robert. <laughs> so this lasted for like three, two, from third round to the fifth round. So now I'm I'm a little, I'm a little upset. I'm, yeah. I'm upset. Well, it's really because they were, you know, don't call my phone. If you're not going to draft me, just don't call me because I'm yeah. My family's getting all riled up to the point. Now we come around to the host in the fifth round. Bill Polian at the time was like, we're going to take you. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? And so the pick comes up and I just so happened to be in the bathroom because I wasn't, I, I kind of checked out. I just say, I just want a shot. Man. Just give me a whatever, whatever shot I get. I just want an opportunity. So he said, yeah, you ready to be a coach? I'm like, yes, sir. But I wasn't too high you know yeah right I said, yes sir i am and so all right the pick comes in phone rings again it's tony dungeon like hey you, you ready to go i'm like 
Yeah, but I, I, I had no clue what he's talking about because I was in the bathroom. <laughs> so, so I run out and I see my name go across the ticker. Uh, the coastal Robert Mathis, man, every week. We, it was complaints from the from the neighbors. We were so loud <laughs> and excited. Uh, and it was just like, ah, I got my opportunity. So yeah. now the work begins. So it was just, it was just awesome. Something that I would never forget. And uh, I'm always indebted and thankful to the Coast organization and Versace family. Yeah. Yeah. Did you come into that first camp with a little chip on your shoulder, maybe, uh, you know, come from a smaller school? And let me tell you something. I walked in there with a whole oak tree on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, some guys like to use that as, you know, as, as negative, just to be sour and, and uh, kind of just angry about everything. I said, no. I'm just gonna work. I got the opportunity. I got what I said I wanted. Oh, that was an opportunity. So I'm just gonna use it. And I'm just gonna make the most of it. Whatever happens, happens. But I can never say I didn't lay it all out. Have much more with Robert Mathis coming up. Uh, his career with the Colts, uh, an All-Pro career. He's in the Ring of Honor, Super Bowl champion, and a lot more. That's when the Business and Beyond podcast returns. Stay with us. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank, all rights reserved. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week is Robert Mathis, the all-pro former Colt, uh, who is uh, now doing a lot of great things in the community after a uh, stellar NFL career. All 14 years, Robert, with the Colts, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, t tell me about that, because what a career you had. Again, five-time pro bowler, played with Super Bowl champ, played with some great players, too. Be interested just in maybe your, your quick thoughts on some of these some of these great guys you played with, you played with uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You played with Dwight Freeney, right? What kind of a, what was Dwight Freeney like off the field? Oh, uh, that's my quarterback bash brother right there. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's a great guy. Uh, full of charisma. Uh, he, he loves, he's very, he's a very smart guy. I don't think people give him credit for how smart he is. Um, he, he teaches uh, off the field stuff like, you know, Fundamental fundamentals, how to strategize, and uh, even like business sound sound business investments. So he's a great guy. You know, we just kind of learned the game, probably at the same rate, and uh, still friends to this day. He was in my wedding, actually. He was oh, one, really? one of my, yeah. my groomsmen in my wedding, and yeah. So he's down there in Florida doing his thing. But when I say an awesome guy, he's he's an awesome guy, even better friend. Yeah. How about on the offensive side of the ball, Peyton Manning? You got Peyton. People knows him to be serious, but we know he's a he's a prankster. <laughs> I don't think people. I mean, he's kind of letting that out now, but he yeah. was a big prankster. He knows when to have fun. Knows when you know a, a, a time and a place to do everything. When it's business time, it's, it's business, as, as we all know. 
But when it's time to play and have fun, he can do that too with the best of them. So, yeah, I, was, I learned how to be a student of the game by watching him, studying him. Yeah. Did he ever get you with any pranks, or was there a good prank you saw him pull on anybody? No, I, all the pranks that he pulled, I witnessed them. So he never he, – he tried to get me one time. And that was my rookie year uh, with the trash can leaning on the door. At, at a witch. <laughs> I said, man, no, sir, you're not going to get me with that because I just saw you do that to somebody else down the hall. So, no, it was, it was fun. It was good times. What uh, I know you had a lot uh, – obviously a lot of highlights uh, in your career. Uh, among them, of course – that 2006 Super Bowl win. Talk about that team. And, you know, there were people who said, gosh, you know, for, for, for bad breaks, whatever the case might be, there could have been more Super Bowls. But talk about that 2006 team. Well, I'm going to start the year before that. The, actually, the best team I was, I've ever been a part of was the 2005 team. So talent-wise and uh, team-wise, that was our best team. But we just had a hiccup at the end. You know, I don't deal in excuses. We didn't get the job done. But we was we had the number one offense and the number two def- the number one defense that year yeah. scoring defense. We didn't get the job done. So the following year, we 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 started out hot, we were undefeated, and then we hit a snag defensively because we was just, we just couldn't stop running water, man. We couldn't stop water. <laughs> <laughs> but we galvanized and we we just believed in each other and just believed in the coaching, believed in everything, and just understood we have the tools to get the job done. And the resilience of that team, which which just ran it all the way to the, to the championship, we had to defy a lot of odds. Beating yeah. the Patriots in the, playoffs, yeah. in the playoffs, winning in the elements in the Super Bowl, Peyton, uh, Dungy, and Polian winning the – saying that they're not able to win the big one. They all win. So, it, man, it was just so many things – Beating the Patriots again. Yeah, I I was going to ask you about that because obviously, you know, as a fan, you know, we we witnessed it. I, I, you know, I was there. But how how big was that? I mean, it was you you beat the Patriots to go to the the uh, Super Bowl, so that's a big win, no matter who you beat. But to beat the Patriots and to come back, it was a big comeback. It was a hell of a game. What was that? What was that like? I would always say no offense to the Chicago Bears, the organization, or any. Anything, just hear me out. Hear me out. But the Patriots, that was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Although we had a game after that, yeah, that was the Super Bowl because yeah. we knew once we got past them, we were going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So that talking after the fact, that was just just how we thought. We we beat these guys. Don't it's, it's over. Yeah. What uh, y- you know on the downside, the loss to the Saints was that two thousand nine. 2009 season, yes. Nine. And, and again, you know, again, as a fan, I can remember, you know, watching the game and you seem to have it in control. And then the second half comes and things go down. How, how, how disappointing was, was that? It's very, I mean, extremely dis, dis, disappointing because on one hand, you won the Super Bowl and the, the, how great you feel winning the Super Bowl, that same feeling on the opposite end of the spectrum. That's how it feels to lose it, to know that. You went all the way, you, all 24 weeks, <laughs> you were right there, and you fell short. But uh, it was their year. Yeah. The crowd was built. But, yeah. uh, took my head to the Saints, but, man, it, it hurt. It, it really hurt. I just hate, right, not too long after that team, the, the core of that team broke up because, you know, we felt like we could have had a few more right. championship runs. But, you know, that's that's the nature of the business. Yeah. 
What year? When did you retire? That was after the 2016 year. So January 1st, 2017, my last game. Yeah. How tough was it to, to, to call it quits? Were you, were you ready or was it a tough, uh, you know, tough call for you? Well, yet again, I would say I tilt my hat to the coach and I really appreciate them because they let me retire on my own terms. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was time by week two of that season. I said, yeah, it, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it, yeah. Because <laughs> your body, <laughs> no, your body would tell you it's time to retire before your mind does. Yeah, in my mind in my mind, I could I could still be playing right now. Right, but your body your body will tell you, look here, it's time to stop. Yeah, how about this team, the current team? You know, Colts obviously have had a couple challenging years uh, here, but uh, new coach, high profile draft pick. What do you, what do you think uh, uh, of the uh, the new coach, Shane Steichen? Uh, from what what I hear, he's a he's a, a brilliant mind, coaching mind. So. Now we have the uh, quarterback talent, so now I feel with everything else we have, we just need we needed the quarterback, a, yeah. a, a young quarterback. Now we have a coach that everybody says is brilliant. So I don't, I'm I'm waiting to see just like everybody else. Yeah, do you still live and die? You live and die with the Colts every week. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right here. I'm not moving off my spot. So. I'm right here. <laughs> That's good. How about uh, what what uh, what a thrill it must have been uh, to go into the uh, into the ring of honor. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, to be at the table with all these greats: Peyton, Jeff, Edwin, Dwight, uh, Reggie, Mars, all these Bill Brooks, and for you to get your coat. <laughs> yeah, it was just a great man. It was it was just it was awesome, and just to see the fans just embrace you and and they get to cheer for you one last time. It was awesome. Hey, what's next uh, for Robert Mathis? Uh, I assume it's, you got big focus on your your foundation and the things you're doing with young people. Is that uh, that your focus going forward? Yes, we want to grow this and just be as successful as we possibly can. So, actually, in each football city around the country, we would like to have this program, but it obviously it would be a, uh, a I guess a subsidiary. If that's the word I'm looking for. A gridiron game because we're concentrated on Indianapolis, and so we would like to have this in every football city. But right now, we got we have to knock this out of the park with all the donations, and we just we're going to do right with the money, and people get to see, and sometimes get to touch with with, with their money ball. Well, it's a very worthwhile uh, effort, uh, the Gridiron Fi- Foundation, Gridiron Gang, uh, as well. And for those listening, including any any corporate sponsors out there, I know uh, that Robert and his team. Uh, would love to to hear from you to uh, to fund their really important activities, Robert. It's been a real treat to to catch up with you. A great player on the field, and so uh, cool to see you doing things off the field as well. Really appreciate it, and good luck to you going forward. I appreciate you having me. No, I will say shout out to Pat McAfee, the Indianapolis Colts, and Jim Ursay, the Jim the uh, Ursay family, because those are my biggest supporters, man. So I really appreciate it. That's great to know. Great to hear, Robert Mathis, uh, All Pro former cult on the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. We are a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can listen to all episodes, every episode of the Business and Beyond podcast and get Indiana Business News 24-7. All you have to do is go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.